Hello, and welcome to Hanksy Panksy, a podcast where two dumb idiot best friends fill themselves, mind, body, and soul with video footage of America's premier Sully Sullenberger cosplayer, Tom <laughs> Hanks. I'm Sam Siegel, and I'm one of those dumb idiots. I am Luke Patrick. I am the other Sully Sullenberger cosplayer enthusiast. <laughs> and ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you, it's sublime. Mm-hmm. Um, so this week we watched 1986's The Money Pit, uh, directed by Richard Benjamin. Mm. And, uh, Luke, why don't you tell our listeners, uh, how this plot shakes out? Yeah, well, if, if it's okay, I'd like to talk about my, my watch condition for this, because it is related to how I'm going to deliver the plot, if, if that's okay Okay, yeah, go for it. Yeah, so. Absolutely. Last week was a bit of a bummer. Mm-hmm. I think we were both kind of in a weird headspace and we're very tired of this this crapshoot that is early Tom Hanks movies. Um, mm-hmm. And then it occurred to me t- this week that, uh, you know, I'm a person who has seven eighths of a creative writing degree, a lot of which was screenwriting and film critique classes. Like I've I've paid money to teach me how to write uh, screenplays. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I can words. So uh, my thought was I, I could I could critique this. I'm going to watch it as a movie. I'm going to critique it because we need some goddamn structure. Or I'm going to lose my mind in this early stage. Yeah. So I kind of we figured. require it. Yeah, exactly. So I figured I'd go in hot. I'd do a full critique. I kind of waffled on this. But then in the intro credits, I decided I had to do it because Steven fucking Spielberg's name popped up. Mm, it did. And that was the clincher for me was, well, you know, this is this is movie legend Steven Spielberg. I'm going to give it the full the full go. Uh, as an educated uh, screenwriting mm-hmm. kind of person. So with that in mind, here's the plot broken down into three-act structure for you. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So this movie, as a general overview, is about two people that buy a house. Um, act one is Tom Hanks and Shelley Long are the two the two main people in this movie. And they are waffling a bit on whether or not they should get married. Uh, they purchase a house, and that is pretty much act one which you may be spotting a problem here, and that that is not a lot of plot. <laughs> Distressingly little. Yeah. Um, act two, they sort of discover that the house is essentially made of balsa wood and glue. Things begin to fall apart. In dreams. In dreams. Not, <laughs> is it? <laughs> nightmares, maybe. Yeah, maybe nightmares. Balsa wood and nightmares. Yeah, and things begin to escalate. They have to find contractors. Everything falls apart. Shelley Long is uh, divorced from a guy named Max, who is a sort of aloof German, I think he's presented as in this movie, maybe Russian, German composer. Ooh, I've, I've got some questions about that. Yeah, well, we'll dig into that. But she, she has a, a minor dalliance with her ex-husband, culminating uh, at the end of Act 2. There's a lot of marital strife or premarital strife. Um, and then Act 3, you know, as we approach the denouement, they fix the house. Turns out she did not actually sleep with her ex-husband, even though she sort of led, or her ex-husband led her and Tom Hanks to sort of believe that she had. And then uh, Mazel Tov, to get married and all is all is right with the world. That is the entire movie condensed into what I believe was about a minute. Luke, that was efficient and brutal and upsettingly accurate. Yeah, it was, it was there's not a lot of meat on these bones or a house on this no. house. Holy shit. Yeah. How was uh how was your watch for this? I, I so I think to contextualize my watch, I think we both need to answer uh sort of a, a critical question. Mm-hmm. And Luke, that's did you miss Tom? 
well, I was on record last week as being pretty tepid on this question. And I think the answer is once again, pretty tepid because I am so ready to get out of these bad, bad movies and move into something that is enjoyable. Mm-hmm. But I, can I be honest? Yeah. I'm starting to become accustomed to the 1980s vibe and it's starting to turn into a bit of a nice comfy blanket every time I turn on one of these movies. It's got the same 80s fonts, a lot of synth music, big hair. I'm kind of getting into it. <laughs> so I, I've had the same sort of experience where, uh, so last night, uh, my wife and I watched a movie hmm. that I was almost distressed to find did not feature Tom Hanks. <laughs> um, it was a it was a recent film, and Luke, do you know how far movies have come since nineteen the nineteen eighties? Yeah, I think they 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 definitely put more plot into the act structure. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, they're much better now. The actors act. The music's good. There's a plot. The jokes land. Uh, it commits to a tone. It's all great. Yeah. And and so after watching that, I'm angry at Tom Hanks. <laughs> I I think he's done this on purpose. I'm starting to think. Mm. I think he was like, let me get squeeze out a bunch of stinkers I, real early. I hear you. And just make everyone miserable because I know someone's gonna try it, and I only want the the bravest, strongest of heart. To, to make it through this dog shit <laughs> filmography and I'm I'm mad at him and I don't miss him mm. and I don't want to see him anymore a little bit. I, I hear you. Do you think that'll change as we sort of get closer to the bigs and castaways of the world? I'm worried about it. Mm. Like what if what if I can't enjoy it anymore because I, I so dislike Mr. Hanks. Yeah, so you're saying right now if you saw him in a bar you would you would give Mr. Hanks the big old cold shoulder. Oh, Luke, at this point, I'd consider smashing a bottle over his head. <laughs> That's bleak. That is bleak stuff. A little bit. I mean, like, I think he's I think he's still a good person. Yeah. I think mean, Greece wanted him. Mm. Uh, but I I'm mad at him. Yeah. I don't miss him. You're going you're going through a tiff, a little a little bit of a spat. A, a lover's quarrel. Yeah. It happens, you know, and we're we're gonna have to keep doing this. So I we are. Yeah, I hate to tell you that, but the the train has left the station at this point. Unfortunately, it in in the inexorable march forward um, <laughs> is is going to be challenging, I think. Yeah. Uh, so so with that in mind, my watch was almost almost like a prisoner. Mm. Uh, just sort of against my will at this point. I'm like a caged animal in there. Yeah, you got the the modified Ludovico with with Tom Hanks. Yeah, I'm just scribbling down notes. Uh, snarling at the screen, um, just, I'm, three weeks from now, I'll be throwing my own excrement at it. Yeah, I look forward to that part, actually, but it does sound like you're kind of turning into a caged animal. Yeah, it, uh, look, the putification from last week has, has metastasized. Mm, You hate to hear that. Uh, So, so it's not. It's not going well, I think. Yeah, well, that bleeds directly into another pertinent question, which is, uh, hey, bud, what'd you, what'd you think of this, of The Money Pit? So, Luke, uh, I did mention that I watched a movie last night. Yeah, what'd you, um, what'd you watch? And that movie, that movie was Yes, God, Yes, hmm. uh, starring uh, Natalia Dyer, who you damn well better know from uh, Stranger Things, and Timothy Simmons, who you should know from Veep. And frankly, Luke, I want to talk about that movie and not this one. <laughs> it's funny because... So Yes, God, Yes is a movie about a, a Catholic school girl 
who is uh, struggling with her sexuality and goes to a, a creepy, uh, but, you know, sort of funny, uh, religious camp, a Catholic camp, in an unknown state, might be Arkansas, don't know, mm. a genuinely funny film, really enjoyed it, it was a cool and crisp hour and 18 minutes? Oh, yeah, that's in, the ticket. In these times? Mm. Luke, I need more movies like that in my life. Yeah. And Ken and I enjoyed it from toe to tip. <laughs> uh, just just a great film. I I adore it. I would watch it again because it was so fast. I still had an evening uh, in front of me after after watching it. And, and frankly, I just want to talk about that. Yeah, I love to hear that. And I'm glad to hear that you're experimenting with other films that don't involve Tom Hanks. But we are we are totally sidestepping. <laughs> talking about the money pit <laughs> yeah so um so the money pit was a movie that i watched but and i didn't like it <laughs> <laughs> it's not good i mean it's it irritated me uh and i don't know how much of that is is me being kind of fed up with with the 80s or tom hanks or tom hanks in the 80s but uh, most of the movie sort of read as like they stitched together a bunch of America's funniest home videos mm. and slapped a plot on top of it. Yeah, that's accurate. Cuz it's it's weird cuz the gangs in One Red Shoe really landed for me and these did not. Yeah. I just I couldn't do it. I don't know something about it. And there there're bits and pieces of like some some good stuff in here. But but overall, it's not it's not enjoyable. Yeah. I mean, as you pointed out, 90% of the movie is act two. Yeah, and the entire plot literally is two people who are in a pretty stable relationship outside of this minor snafu in act two. Buy a house. That's the whole plot. They just buy a house. Yeah, they buy a house that sucks. Yeah, we we should talk about that, I guess. The lady that they buy it from, it's mm-hmm. she's selling it at a cut rate. Yeah, so it's a it's a million dollar house that they buy for $200,000, Yeah, which... It, whoever made the film, I don't think knows how buying a house works. Mm. And I only know, as I recently purchased one, that's not how you buy a house. Mm. Yeah, what do you, what do you, I, I myself am a, a renter probably until I'm dead. Do you want to sort of dig into that? So, so the house is, is listed for $200,000. Sure. And it is uh, said multiple times that Tom and uh, Shelley Long have to come up with $200,000 by a certain point in time to buy the house. <laughs> Luke, that's not how houses work. It's definitely not a gambling debt, right? You don't pay off all you don't pay all cash for a house. I mean, you can, but usually you can get a mortgage. Sure. There are banks. Uh, Those exist. Yeah, and uh Tom Hanks's character Walter Fielding, I should point out. Mm. I don't actually remember Shelley Long's character's name. I think it was Anna. I do not remember. And I watched this literally last night. I watched it this morning mm. and I don't know. That's bad. Uh it's a it's a common issue with these eighties movies, is that they don't do a great job of naming the characters or making you remember their names. Sure. Although I think Lawrence Bourne the Third is pretty good. We we do remember oh, that a, one. It's a classic. It's a classic name. But yeah, that's not how you buy a house. Mm. Uh, you get you get financing, you do a down payment, you got a while, there's some closing costs. 
There's something called escrow, which I'll, I don't think I'll ever figure out what that is. Sure. Money, money's wow. changing hands. This is a weird critique in considering all of the other things in this movie that are available for you to critique. <laughs> but I'm glad to see you're really focused on the finance here. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know me, Luke. Uh, I'm a I'm a total numbers guy. Yeah. You're just in them spreadsheets. Yeah. So yeah, it just it just didn't work for me. How how is it for you? I agree. And again, I'm gonna stick to my guns here. This isn't our usual vibe, but I, I gotta do something to get through these films. So to to give it some solid critique, I agree with you. The physicality does not work here. And this is Mm-mm. it's almost a three stooges level of physical humor, is what they're going Fuck, for. You are so right. Yeah. There are multiple scenes where Tom Hanks is basically tasked with delivering these totally physical gags. And I'm with you. It just it doesn't hit for me. And again, feeling a little gaslit by the box office results for this movie, because I genuinely don't think I laughed once. And I'm wondering if it's just maybe our generation. We grew up with this sort of cynical wordplay based like arrested development type pieces. But I genuinely don't find much funny (laughs) a turkey being flung out of a malfunctioning oven through a window and into an upstairs bathroom, which is one of the bigger gags of this movie. Hey, and uh, maybe that's a good jumping off point because that was literally my least favorite scene (laughs) in the movie. Can I explain really quickly that the the entire plot of this movie is that they've purchased a house and then literally everything about it falls apart. Yeah, it's uh, and and Three Stooges really hits it right on the head Mm -hmm. because I think even for the 80s, that's a sort of dated kind of style. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Okay, well, let's talk about this turkey. It's turkey time. Gobble, gobble. Yeah, so, and you'll have to fill in the blanks because, Christ, I just spent most of this movie wishing I was watching Yes, God, Yes, Please Rent It. Um, it's available, at the very least, on the Microsoft Store, um, but do check it out. Yeah. So, uh, Tom goes, like, downstairs in the house to, I guess, get a, get, uh, get some water. Is that right? Uh, yeah, because their water's out, so he has to go procure water. Right. And, and so they want to have a bath. They want to take a bath together. Sure. And so he, he has to go get water, which he typically gets from a fountain of a boy pissing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, is that and where the water comes from? I never quite put that together. Yeah, it's the boy piss fountain. Okay. And so, and and this is a, a gag that they repeat, uh, like, throughout the movie. And it's Tom Hanks is going, has, has a stated goal. And on the route from point A to point B, he gets sidetracked to points... C, D, E, F, and G, sure. where 16 different things happen at each station. Classical farce comedy, for sure. Yeah, and and it sucks each and every time. <laughs> and so he's on his way to the boy piss fountain to get some water, and he ends up in the kitchen, and he turns on a light, which then the wiring starts to like explode and burn through the wall, yeah. and it's this like halting, slow, so it'll like burn for a bit, and then it stops... And then it starts going again, and then it stops, and then it makes it to, like, an appliance, and that appliance explodes, and then it stops. And it's almost like the movie thought, hey, maybe people are going to think that it's legitimately stopping at this point, Mm. but we're going to fucking gaslight the shit out of them. Quite literally, gaslight with the stove. Yes, and and it blows out uh, Julia Child cooking, (laughs) uh, Crepe Suzette, which I've frankly would really prefer to watch um and and it just keeps going from appliance to appliance to appliance and it's so fucking tiring and it cuts up to shelly long standing next to a tub and and ah just keeps fucking going (laughs) fuck 
I hate this movie. <laughs> <laughs> and and finally it makes it to the to the fucking oven which explodes and fires a turkey out of one wing of the house into the the wing where their tub is and it flies in through the window hits the the fucking like a bucket that they had been using which actually now that i think of it why the fuck didn't tom have the bucket yeah if he was going to the boy piss fountain he should have had the bucket (laughs) you do need a boy piss bucket to take a boy piss bath that's science yeah so so the the second that the turkey hit that bucket and then moments later tom hanks walks in and you see his charred nipple because somehow (laughs) it during the all the events that happen in the kitchen he gets burnt up to a crisp i was done yeah yeah i hear you i was just done i hear you charred nipple is a fantastic name for a band it's you know anyone out there listening it's yours to take yeah uh and and then moments after it is it is maybe the best name the best band (laughs) and i i don't want that to go without comment yeah charred nipple i appreciate that uh, and that that's out in the open for anyone creative comments steal away and then moments after uh, they finally get stuff in the tub, the tub falls through the floor, and then Tom just does this, like, awful hyena cackle mm. for, like, a really long time. Uh, and I wrote, fuck this movie, double fuck Tom's dumb laugh. <laughs> you are, you weren't kidding. This was a bad, bad scene for you this week. <laughs> there are good moments in this film, but... Boy, they are dwarfed by the shitty ones. Yeah. Hey, at least he didn't have to acquire a Quibi membership to uh, watch it this time. It was on Netflix. <laughs> Fuck. It's just Netflix. Thank God. <laughs> um, so what was what was your least favorite scene? Mine's pretty similar, I think, for exactly the same reasons. There's another scene later in the movie where Tom Hanks falls into a giant vat of plaster and oh, is covered, covered like a mummy by plastering cloth. And he essentially just bumbles his way around removing all of the scaffolding that the workers have put up and crashing through windows and chimneys it goes on for i think about five minutes which is it's long another thing about this movie the pacing is just incredibly off for all of these gags they spend way too much time in this this mummy state with hanks him wandering around and then eventually he ends up back in the goddamn fountain the fountain looks, it is, is an exact copy of the mannequin piece from Belgium. Oh, is it? Yeah. And it did supply the only laugh I think I genuinely had where there's a scene early in the movie where the, the mannequin piece is trying to urinate, but is having some issue. And Tom echoed the same thought I had in my head, which is prostate trouble, <laughs> which was pretty good. That was the only time I think I ever really laughed. And then you're right. It's just so tedious to watch this fucking idiot wander around for no reason i mean who would respond to that that way i can't see right so i'm gonna just flail for five minutes instead of well, taking like, a beat they especially in that scene they they set up some of those gags so far ahead of time so he's talking to this one guy and so so tom like tries to cross this board and then someone starts talking to him so he steps back off the board and talks to the guy and then it cuts back to show someone moving the board really slowly and then it cuts back to like Tom and this dude talking. Yeah. And then it like keeps cutting back to the scene where there's no board behind Tom. Yeah. And it's like supposed to, I guess, build up some kind of tension. Oh, yeah. But it doesn't because you just know exactly what's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, which it's just bad. It's bad writing because, you know, the whole the oh. whole point of a joke is that you give it a, an anecdote at the beginning and then you reverse expectations. There's two parts. So they spend forever 
building up this expectation and then they just fully fucking deliver that they give you exactly right. what you were expecting and so in that scene did you also wonder when he was on the top covered in plaster in a sheet did did you also think that they were gonna like make the workers think that he was a ghost yes <laughs> yes i did which would have been so much funnier because the the workers that show up because they have to save money are what I put in my notes is Mad Max Carpentry and Plumbing. Fuck um, yes, yeah. There's such sort a of, good scene. It's a loose collection of various leather daddies and <laughs> you know borderline workers, just sort of the marginal folks. Yeah, there's a a definite beefcake in there. Oh yeah, there's some good. You know, uh, Yakov Smirnov was in the mix. Did you catch that? Yeah, I saw it in the. In the uh, opening credits, and I did audibly <laughs> say, oh, no. Yeah, man. Branson, Missouri's own Yakov Smirnoff. Who who did he play, though? Because I got to tell you, you give me a lineup. I could not pick Yakov Smirnoff out of it, given a thousand years. I, I'm not 100% sure that I'm correct, but I believe he is the chatty, sort of northeastern accented guy uh, that Tom kind of talks to they do do this throughout the movie they talk to some of the workers they have a mm-hmm. little bit of a relationship given that a gag they repeat over and over is that the work will be done in two weeks and of course it's not done in two weeks so fucking contractors. <laughs> fuck off yeah <laughs> <laughs> so they yeah i think he's i think he's that guy who's sort of generic okay. uh northeastern accented kind of dude i gotcha uh, yeah, it's just tedious. It's such a tedious movie, but you know mm-hmm. what? There's got to be something that you liked in this. Is there anything in the soup that you were mm, just uh, happy to tuck into? Yes. So, so there are some smaller things, and then there's there's my my absolute favorite moment in the film. So, so I'll talk about some smaller ones. Uh, first of all, I don't know if you noticed, the film does seem to have inspired the scene in the last Hobbit movie where Legolas jumps from stone to stone to stone in that uh, Tom does jump from step to step to step as the stairwell is collapsing beneath him. Mm, it is pretty cinematic. It's got some real action feel to yeah. it. Eh? Yeah, it's actually one of the better done gags. Mm. And then the some of the other gags, honestly, I just think are just good inventions. Mm. So yeah, break break me off a piece of that, Billy Mays. Yeah, Shelly Shelly turns uh turns the tub on, and a a brown goo fills the tub. And Luke, she's led to believe that that's nasty poop water. I guess no, Luke, that's that's incorrect. That's pudding. You've purchased the pudding tub. <laughs> the pudding tub. I Jump love it. Jump on in and have a bite. It's the pudding tub. Who doesn't want a pudding tub? Exactly. And then uh, later, uh, she finds a dumb waiter and starts pulling it up, and uh, and a raccoon jumps out and attacks her. And uh, that's a feature, not a bug, because you've just used the raccoonivator. <laughs> Get your wildlife up here. Get yeah. it up here. There you go. Fuck uh, yeah. But no, so so those were just uh, sort of uh, nice <laughs> blips uh, on the horizon that that I I was able to sort of. If you consider this sort of a rock climb, they were they were little things that I could sort of hitch my line to on the way yeah. up. Um, I know rock climbing terminology. Yeah, you've got it. You're an expert. Man, I think Pudding Tub would be a real hit on Shark Tank. Oh, fuck, man, it would. You know Cuban would be all over that. Oh, you know, he's a nasty guy. 
you know mm. he's going to want to get covered in pudding. Yeah. Uh, and eat pudding with his own junk in it. You definitely want to get that with the jacuzzi option too. I feel like that would just be, that'd be primo. <laughs> it's like a it's like a mud pot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I'm so into this. A distressing amount of human hair in it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but but no, the best part of the movie easily is James. Mm. So James, uh, there's a scene later later on in the film. It's been four months that they've been working on the house, uh, ostensibly two weeks at a time. Yeah, hey, uh, I I don't remember who James is. I said because mm, I I don't oh, remember who this is. I'll get you there. Don't you okay. worry. Okay. Uh, so so they're they're four months into the into the uh, repairs, and they're kind of going about their daily routine, and they've grown comfortable with the crew. Though they do almost catch uh tom and shelly just straight up fucking next to an uncovered window which i thought was an odd choice but yeah to the the workers credit and i made this in my notes who fucks next to an open window when you know that there are people on scaffolding outside you are into that that is your thing that you're doing right now i said that's your fault if you're openly fucking while you have a work crew all over your house yeah man who does that uh so so they recover from from that experience and then uh shelly goes into the bathroom and opens the mirror and there's james Mm, i remember him now yeah and and james is the best part of this movie because he's just very nice he's very helpful he uh he tells shelly that she's got three days left on her birth control and so she should look into getting some more he happily hands her the things that she needs she asks him how much longer and he says two weeks Mm, uh and the classic gag he was he was such a charming gentleman in the thirty seconds that he was on screen. So true that he he captured my my heart and my mind. I dig it. Yeah, he's great. I did make a note about him as well. That was a great little thirty seconds. Yeah, James the Mirror Man. Hey, speaking of thirty seconds, uh, can I tell you about my favorite part of this movie? Please do. I need help. <laughs> yeah. So my favorite part of this movie was when Tom Hanks uh, the the bathtub falls through the ceiling. Mm-hmm. And then I made a note that he sounds like an elephant seal. And my dude, that is exactly correct because the director's note was make him sound like an elephant seal. You have got to be fucking with me. I am not. And it is amazing because I timed it and it's literally 30 seconds. So to illustrate that, here's 30 seconds. And we're done. That was 30 seconds. Fuck that is how. Jesus <laughs> Christ. That felt like three days. Exactly, man. That is how long Tom Hanks laughs like a demented elephant seal for. Just. <laughs> for 30 seconds. And it was it was a bold step. They committed to the gag. Props to Tom Hanks for delivering <laughs> what is the worst director's note in history. It was fucking amazing. Yeah, uh. Dick Douglas or whatever the fuck is uh, Richard Benjamin can go fuck himself. <laughs> and Steven Spielberg, he was tied to this as executive yeah. producer. Okay, he was EP. Gotcha. Well, you yeah. know what? Fuck him too. What was he doing? Yeah. Where was he? 
I guess producing somewhere, but that's the thing. It's amazing that this was the first time that Tom Hanks and Spielberg worked together. They did do another movie where he's EP, and then the next movie after this, I believe, is Saving Private Ryan. Holy shit. Yeah, dude. Just, you know, the rocket took a little while to take off, but it did get there. Man, that is, uh, well, those are the same, basically. Yeah, this, there's a lot of similarities between this mm-hmm. and, uh, and oh, Saving yeah. Private Ryan. Yeah, but yeah, it's it's amazing how many jokes they queue up and how many don't land, or how many are just overdone. And that one, it was so overdone. But <laughs> fuck, did I laugh my ass off at the thirty seconds of shit-tastic laughter? It got me. It got me real good. Well, well, Luke, I'm I'm so happy to hear that. Um, yeah. But but unfortunately, I didn't I didn't run my errands earlier today, so um, I need to make a quick run to the to the Hanks Bank. Nice. Okay, yeah, let's go on over. Uh, so Luke, I'm gonna need you to remove all the wiring from your home and put a magnet under your hat, because it's time <laughs> to come with me to the conspiracy corner. Yeah, give me, I guess, uh, oof. Um, yeah, let's say that's done. What now? Let, let's say that that's done, then. That could take some time. Oh, gotcha, yeah, yeah, no, I, I assume you've, you've got the groundwork laid for that. So, um, let's roll things back to 1986. At this time, uh, the Israeli Prime Minister was, depending on what month, uh, Shimon Peres or Yitzhak Shamir. Mm, okay. Uh, I'm assuming we are post-October, which is, which is when, uh, Shamir started, mostly because there is a scene where they're both cold in the house. So I assume mm. we're, we're post, post-October. Sure, that's reasonable. Now, Yitzhak Shamir actually has a connection to Israel's Mossad. And actually, as I mentioned last week, he is related to Operation Damocles, which, mm. if you'll remember, was the operation which um, Israel's Mossad did track down and assassinate a former Nazi rocket scientist who put the kibosh on Egypt's rocket program. I do vaguely remember. Yes, yes. I'm with you. So, uh, with this in mind, let me uh, explain to you how Walter Fielding is Lawrence Born III from Volunteers, who is also Richard Harlan Drew from The Man With One Red Shoe, who is also Alan Bauer from Splash, who is also (laughs) Rick Gasco from Bachelor Party, who is also Tom Hanks, America's dad. Hell yeah, man. I'm here for it. Give it it to me. So, we see Walter Fielding as he is in the United States operating as a Mossad agent. He is he is working operations left, right, and center. Do you, do you see how many contacts that this man has made? He knows a group of, I guess, cross-dressing uh, musicians. He knows uh, a high-profile child star. He knows, uh, fuck, these shady contractors. He knows yeah. some sort of shady real estate agent. Th- this man, has, he is operating. Okay, yeah, Luke. we we did uh, we didn't explain that well. He is a lawyer rep- who represents musicians, which is why he knows some of these people. But yeah, please continue. Right, and and let me tell you, he is able to get two hundred thousand dollars like that, remarkably split. quickly. Yeah, um, I couldn't get two hundred thousand dollars together that quickly, uh, n- no matter what was on the line. <laughs> if your life depended on it. Yeah, and then. When they go to to take a look at the house, the woman who is selling it mentions that her husband, Carlos, had been taken away by Israeli intelligence. 
because mm, yeah, he was never Hitler's pool boy. <laughs> yeah, I missed the pool boy part. Does she really say that? Yeah, he was Hitler's pool boy. Oh, man, that's a bad look. And I'm telling you right now, Walter Fielding, who is also Tom Hanks, knew ahead of time. This mm. was his operation that he was running. He was there trying to track down the last vestiges of the Third Reich who <laughs> who were operating in the United States trying to put together a Fourth Reich. Luke Patrick, let me refer to you to the end of the movie where it is revealed that Carlos never died. Carlos <laughs> was not taken by Israeli intelligence. He slipped through their fingers and she and Carlos were operating down in Rio de Janeiro, a common destination for former Nazis. And they yeah. were pulling this grift again. And do you know why they were pulling the grift together? Because they needed the money to fund the Fourth Reich. And so <laughs> Tom Hanks is actively trying to hunt them down and kill them. But that's not all. Mossad mm. was very busy in the 80s. And, and he's under so much stress in this film. And it's not because of the house. He doesn't give a fuck about the house. He cares about <laughs> all the operations he's running. And at yeah, one point, uh, Shelly, when she goes to fuck her ex-husband, uh, but actually doesn't fuck him, but she thinks she fucked him, uh, she mentions that Walter is in Philly. I'm telling you, Luke Patrick, he was not in Philadelphia. He was in Europe running mm. the operation to abduct and try Mordecai Venunu, who had been <laughs> reporting on Israel's nuclear capabilities to the United Kingdom, finally revealing for once and all that Israel had access to nuclear weapons and nuclear power, a closely guarded secret that they had taken pains to do. Also, there's another part of this, Luke. There's more, okay. The, the yeah. movie gives and gives. Oh my God, the fact that Mossad allowed the movie to come out at all is is frankly incredible. I, I'm shaking. I'm so excited about this. So, mm. the other aspect of this is multiple characters throughout the film see the house and they say the same line. Are you testing missiles? Luke? Oh shit, they this do. This is so fucking important. They I do say you, that. They do, and I need you to listen to every word that falls out from my mouth. Okay. In 1986, there were reports of test firings of Israel's Jericho 2 missile. These are long-range ballistic missiles that can be fired from a mobile vehicle, making them easily hidden and easily moved. This was the other operation that Tom Hanks was running. He was helping Israel test Jericho 2 missiles <laughs> from this estate in New York. It was, you could tell from the movie, the estate is so remote. There's only one way in and one way out, and behind that house, he's launching off long-range ballistic missiles into the Atlantic Sea to make sure that they have nuclear strike capabilities throughout the Middle East. Damn, dude. If you think I'm wrong about Mossad or Israel having an agent operating in the United States, <laughs> oh, I refer you to 1987's Jonathan Pollard Affair. It happened under Yitzhak Shamir and also Mossad Director General 
Nadhum Admoni. It was a an Israeli spy living in the United States, spying against the United States. And he he was found in 1987 and Holy arrested shit, and jailed. And he was only released in 2015. <laughs> That's unfortunate. Hey, was he was he in New York or I believe Pennsylvania where this is maybe too? I actually don't know where this man was operating. It may have been Washington D.C. Sure. Now I know I I know I have said some stuff here, and yeah. you'll think, hey, this definitely sounds like Mossad is doing these things with Tom Hanks. But maybe you're not convinced that Walter Fielding is Tom Hanks. And I mm. will refer you to one other detail from the movie. Hey, Luke. Yeah. Do Tom and Shelley ever fuck? Oh, no, they don't, my dude. They do, do you not. know why that is? Is it fish related? I have a feeling it's going to be fish related. You fucking know it. <laughs> She's a human woman and he won't fuck her because he can't get his dick up. For anything that doesn't have scales, Walter Fielding, Tom Hanks, both scalies, case closed. Mm. Man, I was suspicious of your mental health last week. I, I want to apologize for casting dispersions on uh, where your journey was taking you. Because I got to admit, the moment that she said, my husband has been hauled off by Israeli intelligence, I, I started to see some <laughs> of the connections. Oh, man. I can't describe to you the amount of red yarn that I have gone through this morning alone. <laughs> My search history is going to get me arrested before sundown. Yeah, you've really made the most of the new space and the new house age eh? is sort of taking oh, it yeah. all up. The whole upstairs is just covered in, in newspaper clippings, printed out articles from Wikipedia about Mossad actions, and, uh, and mm. red yarn. Yeah, you're going to get tooken, my dude. You're oh. going to get super tooken. Luke, if I make it to episode 10, it'll be a miracle. And to your point about why Masad let this movie out, I believe it's because it did well at the box office, but I'm pretty sure nobody has seen it since. <laughs> so, <laughs> And that's fair. Yeah, that's uh, incredibly convincing, I will admit. I think Conspiracy Corner has reached a very a, a high level of uh, unsolved mystery sort of you know collated data. I think oh, you got it all oh, there, my dude. I also yeah. have uh, one other small conspiracy. That is okay. non-Hanks related. Oh, is it, if it's about this other movie you watched, Sam, so help me God. <laughs> it is not. There are no conspiracies to be found in Yes, God, Yes, a tremendous movie that I highly recommend. <laughs> no, this... Cons- <laughs> God damn it. This conspiracy is about Max, mm. uh, Shelley's uh, ex-husband, who um, is not human. Well, I wanted to talk about him, but this wasn't the direction... This wasn't the direction I wanted to take in talking about him, so explain. Oh, um, he never nails down an accent. He sounds uh, at once German, Russian, and Danish, um, and, and never really at the same time. Yeah. And he has this, like, weird relationship with other humans mm. where he, he does not seem to connect with them. He really only seems to like himself. His lifestyle is presented as very strange. And also, he has this fucking wild hair up your ass moment of clarity uh, at the end of the movie where he fully describes himself in perfect clarity Mm. as just, I am a shallow man with shallow needs and blah, blah, blah. 
and explains to uh, Tom Hanks what he's missing out on with Shelley, and he just kind of explains a lot of sort of firm truths about human living and then leaves forever. Yeah. you think So you're postulating that he then goes up to the mothership yes. afterward. Luke, that, those are not the actions of a human. Yeah, Max is short for Mork. <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, I, I'm going to actually just put that one in a drawer and call the hospital again because they need to come get you. They'll never get me, Luke. <laughs> well, you say that. <laughs> um, I did want to talk about him, though, because he is actually my prediction for the next movie. Oh. Yeah, okay. so to explain, uh, the guy who plays him, do you happen to have his name somewhere? I do. It is Alexander Godunov. Alexander Godunov. Okay, yeah, so this guy, I, I was doing some digging, and he came from the USSR, became a ballet dancer of uh, you know a top-shelf degree, it sounds like, and he was touring in the United States when he defected in Holy the 80s. Shit. Yeah, he got uh, a request for asylum, and then Jimmy Carter got involved. What? Yeah, and his wife was held up uh, at the airport, or Russia tried to get her on a plane back to Moscow, and she eventually does go. They end up getting divorced because she wanted to stay in USSR. His life is wild and would make such a better movie, and in fact, they did make a movie about him. Yeah, man. What's that one called? I want to say it's called Flight... 222 or something like that hmm. um, well after you watch uh yes god yes uh, again just a truly brilliant movie starring natalia <laughs> dyer and god timothy simmons damn it do watch flight 222 or whatever it whatever it's called. called it's nuts it's crazy that it's in there so that's my prediction for the next movie is that uh we're obviously gonna have to recast him as much as i like him and his story his lines are delivered like this he's mm-hmm. not a great actor he's not no, it's pretty it's pretty room esque, but uh, I think you know we recast him. That's going to be the next movie, which I have uh, it, the the title refuses to stay in my brain. So I hope you know what the next week is going to be. Nothing in common. I'm um, sorry, we have a lot in common, Sam. I think you'll find. <laughs> uh, we do. We definitely do, especially our our love for pudding tubs um, <laughs> coming coming next summer. Uh, You're saying this is the name of the movie. Yes. Uh, 1986's Nothing in Common. Yeah. Do you uh, do you want to slap a prediction sticker on this one? Yeah, sure. Um, I think this is going to be about the writing of uh, Thomas Paine's well, well-known well pamphlet, Common Sense. Uh, okay. Uh, written uh, during <laughs> or prior to I, the I'm just... Revolutionary War. I'm putting the title together with what you're saying, and honestly, it's pretty fucking good. <laughs> Nothing in common. Hey, England, read. <laughs> yeah, it's it's going to be really just a, a very straight-faced, almost documentary about uh, the Revolutionary War, but it's not going to be about the war aspect. It's going to be sort of about domestic life during the Revolution. Okay. Um, and winning over a, uh, a loyalist family. Uh, through the works of Thomas Paine. All right. Sort of an outlander, but for 1774 to 6 ish. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. You nailed it. Okay. Yeah. I am hoping it's that. I'm also really hoping it's a uh, sort of Argo style expose about defecting from the USSR. You know, we might both be right. Hey, who's who's to say they can't be the same film? Yeah, definitely not us, but we're going to fucking find out. I can guarantee you that. That we will. So, uh, Luke, do you uh, do you have a final quote for me? 
I do. This one was hard to find, but this came from the end of the movie-ish where they're having their marital spat and uh, Shelley Long's character is is stomping away. And uh, she says the amazing line, which is, I've got a date with the Marine Corps band. I'm starting with the brass and then working my way through the drums. <laughs> Fuck. That was such a brilliant line. <laughs> it sounds like a great night. Good for her. Yeah, good for you. Get get through that that band. Yeah. Well, well, thank you so much for listening to uh, another episode of, of Hanksy Panksy. Uh, we'll be back next week uh, watching Nothing in Common. And uh, until then, please do take a chance to listen uh, to, to give a watch to Yes, God, Yes. Uh, God starring damn it, Natalia Sam. Dyer and Timothy Simmons. <laughs> it's an hour and 18 minutes. I'm sure you can fit it into even the busiest schedule. It's a, it's a great watch and may or may not uh, take place in uh, Arkansas. So, uh, enjoy!